When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You caught me tuning there on that one. So, as is our custom here on Porch Talk. That's it. uh, Hello, you. We're about to welcome you. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I convolute everything. (laughs) When it goes through my filter, it comes out some other way. (laughs) And I've listened to lots of Porch Talk. Both work. Uh, uh, you know, before I want to say I didn't agree to get interviewed because I don't agree to nothing. I rarely agree to. Is this anything. an interview or we're it's, just it's not even out? an interview? Uh, but uh, if you know me a lot, you know that I rarely, never to rarely ever give interviews or even get videoed. Or as a matter of fact, I've recorded whole albums that have never been released. Why is this? I don't really know. Uh, can't explain it it's not obviously i'm not bashful you know and if you know me in real life you you know this but I'm, I, I like to play it off on the integrity of my work because I, I like I, I like to think that i've got some who wants to spend their whole life doing something and think that, that they just been playing around you know i i, I work or who I, wants to spend their whole life feeling like they've been played around right Uh, i've put great effort into my music and at at great great cost to myself and to everybody around me what do i mean by that um i'll say this and i say this to young musicians and people who want to make it whatever making it looks like right and i believe this if you're if you have the talent to begin with or if you work hard enough to achieve a level of excellence. Mm-hmm. And those two, sometimes those things add up together and sometimes they don't. <clears throat> you can be successful at that thing, whether it's music or what your thing is. And all you have to do is a single thing, and that is sacrifice everything and everybody you ever loved to that thing. Cold, hard truth. That is it. I don't care what your field is. If you are good at it or you become good at it through hard work and you also sacrifice everything, everything for it, you might probably make something out of it. That's the thing about it, right? That's the idea of giving yourself to something. Yes. And I mean, that's why we often say that people are milk toasts or they ride the track or ride the fence. Yeah. You had one foot on and one foot off. Yeah, you ain't ever going to. You need to do one foot off or you need to do two feet off or two feet on. You either go for it or you burn it. You can't flirt with it. No. Commitment is is a bitch. Yeah. To put it. That's the first curse of what I've said, so y'all just go ahead and applaud for that. I did it knowingly too. There you go. But the song you're about to share is going to lead yeah. into. See, I would have done started playing, but we didn't got off into the zone here <laughs> on the fourth hour. Yeah. The song I'm about to play is the title track off of the album "Fast Moving Something," which was not released. None of the albums that we recorded were quote unquote released. This one was the closest one to being defined as a release because we sold a bunch of them at shows. Okay. 
<clears throat> and uh, you know, we bought a bunch through uh, CD Baby or something like that, and we had to do something with them, and we had a little had a little money to pay back on it, and we sold them for ten bucks, and and David Lauderdale uh, produced this album, and uh, you can't get it nowhere. If you're lucky to have one, say lucky. If you got one, you got one. If you don't, you don't. I got a few laying around, hidden around here and there. And of course, I could recreate them, and I may do it someday. Probably will. But uh, we recorded this in his studio over near Porterville, and this was some years ago. I don't do the years. I don't, you know. I got it written down somewhere. Fast moving something is uh, the title track, and on this track on the album, it's got uh, I believe an oboe. It's got an oboe on it. Maybe, maybe it's. A cello. It's got a, a cello. Okay. Quite, quite a bit of difference there. It's got a cello on it. Um, the damn the name of which, and if you're the kid, user. if you're the kid that played the cello on Fast Moving Something, let me know. I never, I never found out from David who the kid on the cello was. If you're out there, I want to know. I would like you were one of the pieces of that puzzle of that album because I wasn't there for Cello Day. Now I'm telling the secret because it, whatever, you know. Mm. But I don't know who you are, so. Come, f- step forward, please. Will a real cello player please stand up? Perfect. <clears throat> I'm going to play fast me with something. You want to close that door before we go for the I bugs? Can. Yeah, I ain't worried about it, but sure. Perfect. Far, far away. Makes me crazy. Sunlight makes me lazy, except when I'm firing on a fast moving something. Bound for somewhere outside the border, pushing past people, leaving them something to remember me by. The crowd started rumbling because moonlight makes me crazy. Summertime, it's my passion Cause I like the coolness of midsummer water And I let my body float down to the bottom To be close to things that I can't hold on to But it doesn't matter Cause I'm bound to follow the moonlight Makes me crazy Freight trains make a rhythm From pushing and pulling and taking and giving And I like to watch in slow motion And sit on the cars and pretend they're the ocean Cause moonlight makes me crazy In the night I'm a wolf and I know how to ride on that fast-moving silver that floats through the night. And if I can't run, well, I might as well die. This moonlight makes me crazy. Burn my body when I'm gone. Putting me in your pocket, and you won't be alone. Then have another round on me, boys Prime up those pistols So y'all make some noise If the moonlight Makes you crazy Cause the moonlight Makes me crazy Yeah, yeah. All right, so we've uh, we've opened this up. We have opened. <clears throat> oh, we got to talk about Dave. I went and got myself a nice cold glass of ice water That's from it. the last break. That's what I've been working with here. Probably if I'd have switched over to booze or something, you wouldn't hear no cracking in my voice. But now I'm telling trade secrets. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
there there's some there's a lot of nuance when it comes to Dave and we're not gonna cover it all here and I'm not I'm <clears> not possible. I'm not asking you to. But I won't because I believe that was a that was a dynamic time in your history. It was absolutely dynamic. I mean, Lauderdale. You you got people that are known by <clears throat> a single name, you know, Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or Dave, whatever. But Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. When people speak in reverence of Lauderdale, there ain't no question what they're talking about. Who they talking about? David Lauderdale. Uh, what a... Uh, How'd y'all meet? <clears throat> First time I saw Dave, he was still in high school. And uh, I had that band I mentioned before with uh, the guys from Cabin Porch. And we were later called Milestone. We were first called Coonshuck. Why? Because deep in this jungle down here, there's a canal that runs through here with deep banks, and it's called the Coonshuck Canal. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where dark water comes from? No, dark water is that's their own story. Okay. I don't know. Um, but Milestone was what we played as eventually. <clears throat> and, you know, weird thing enough, we that during that whole band, I never c- considered to look up with the meaning of milestone. I just thought it was a cool word. What's a dope word and meaning? Oh, yeah. And literally, we were at a milestone in our youth. So uh, I was with milestone. We had all that gear I told you about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some kid band, some high school band, needed to borrow some gear for some show. Me and Paul, the bass player, rode out uh, to someone's house, and they had a barn with a hayloft and to bring the gear. And we got out of the vehicle the truck whatever it was and i heard this band playing from up there and i heard this guitar player shredding out and that was my first introduction to lauderdale was that sound of his guitar when he was like 15 16 years old i'm like wow and uh there was several other good musicians in that band um some of which not lauderdale but some of the other ones actually maybe even set in with Mastone a couple times but uh so we met a bar, the PA. There was no conversation. We didn't like bro out or nothing. We were, we were the old dudes, you know. We we're nineteen year olds. We didn't yeah. bro out no fifteen year olds. <clears throat> but we let them borrow the stuff. And that was it. Years later, I'm playing in a coffee shop with uh, Bill Lauderdale, David's daddy, who I'd been associated with in the music scene some. I really considered that it was David's daddy or who that kid was. Um, Bill Lauderdale. Bill Lauderdale. David's daddy. He and I uh, had a project one time. And uh, this is back when uh, you emailed people, you know. I emailed Bill and said, uh, that's the pump from outside, if you hear it. (laughs) Broke the third wall again. Boom. So Bill and I, it'll go. That's what I like about this show. Call it Port Salt. Oh, literally, where will we not record? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Bill and I had a project. I emailed him. I said, hey, I want a project. And he's like, let's do it. And uh, we called ourselves the Levelers. Oh, yeah. And uh, we went up and jammed at this coffee house that um, was real cool. It's this uh, uh, guy from uh, Holland uh, who might hear this someday. Had it and it was super cool. He recorded things live up there, so I'm playing up there with Bill. And he played. Bill was an amazing pianist, and not only that, he did. He was an amazing artist, like visual art. Um, he did uh, stained glass windows. He taught art for the tribe, mm-hmm. and uh, so in, so in in calls this guy. I kind of recognize him. I'm like, I think I know that kid, but he ain't no kid. He sits up on stage and starts jamming with us. David Lauderdale. Oh my. Immediately. Immediately. I, I, I understood the power of Lauderdale's guitar work. It's the, to call it guitar work is is even understating. Uh, he was, he embodied, he embodied guitar playing. There's there's few people that I could say that about, and he's one of them. And I, I and I know what you mean. Yeah, if you don't know, you don't know. But 
like just throwing a few out there from history. Because I mean, let's let's Jimmy be real. Hendrix embodied guitar. Guitar. Okay, Lauderdale embodied it like that. Because I mean, if you want to get real, any Tom Dick or Harry could <clears throat> learn how to play guitar, but. There's a difference between playing guitar and embodying it. It's it's almost the difference of playing a cover versus making your own music. Right, right. And uh, so Lardo's jamming now, right? And we're jamming and we played. Yeah. And we left, you know, I remember saying, got his number or something, I don't know. And I think I might have even went and bought a cell phone so I could call him because I didn't do cell phones. I got one flip phones. I call Lauderdale. Hey, I got a gig at a, a DT Grinders, which is it wasn't probably it was probably called Midtown Grill. It's this place that now it's called the Moray. By the way, great Italian food. Love it a lot. Good plug. Um, yeah, I don't know. They don't. I don't know them from Jack. I just know why I go. I've been there a few times. Uh, mm, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. <clears throat> so I'm gonna play up at Midtown. Lauderdale. I got this gig at Midtown. Yeah, man, I'd love to. What day does it tell him? He's like, man, I can't do that. Why not? I'm like, oh, great, okay. He's not going to talk to me. It's my grandmother's birthday, he says. <laughs> All right, you know, I got it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I got it. He, he, went to, hey, he went to his grandmother's birthday. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> let's see. I think Mississippi Chris Sharp. No, Mississippi Chris played with me a different night. And I think uh, who played with me? Slick. There's a guy around town we call Slick. Mm. Fantastic guitar player, vocalist, entertainer, extraordinaire. Uh, so that Lardo couldn't play. And uh, I called up. It was day of the gig, you know. And I'm like, well, I'll play by myself. And I was like, man, I don't want to play by myself. I want somebody good <laughs> with me. I called up Slick. I got his number somebody. He's like on the back nine or something, literally playing golf. And uh, Slick, uh, he... Uh, says I'll gig it with you and we went up there and uh, Mississippi Chris Sharp also gigged it with me one night we had a, a tremendous time uh, and Slick gigs it with me and we played that show and we played it right I still that's one of my favorite shows I remember it later though I had some another gig somehow I don't even know no there were no more gigs there were no more gigs try it up uh, that, I don't know why but uh, next thing I was playing, go back to Jonathan Parson and J.D. Irish. Okay, he was playing a duet with Bob Henry. Also, one of the most phenomenal percussionists that ever created ever. I know I said that about Scott Walker, but now I'm also saying it about Bob Henry. Now, Bob Henry is, there's, there's, he embodies, (coughs) okay, I'm going to have to use it again. (laughs) And he, uh, when when a drummer is a band leader, you know they are something special when they run the show. No part. And he had his own project called Mississippi New Red Sand. And uh, he had had numerous in, numerous parts and pieces and people, and he moved around with them. And at this time, he had Jonathan. And those two, oh, they were on fire. Jonathan was moving to Montana, where he's originally from. I and Jonathan tells Bob, who... Bob and I were in drum line together. He was just an upperclassman. Also, he was in the same line with Scott Walker. He was a bass drum player. There you go. And Bob... Uh, Full circle. He tells Bob to call Daniel Sharp. He he can... Because Bob at the time was a working musician. That's what he did. For money. And for his passion. He also a great sound engineer. Great live recorder. Like He can record drums better than anybody I've ever met in the world. He's just that good. So Bob calls me up and is like, maybe Jonathan calls, whatever you're going to play. So I go and do a one show with Bob at the Shed House. And I actually have that show recorded. Bob recorded it and gave it to me, and I have it. It's the only show that me and Bob ever did together alone. And I and I, I did. I remember I did a <clears throat> Barbara that's, Allen. That's, that's really dope. Barbara Allen. You know, in the merry month of May, all the green buds are swelling. Sweet William on his deathbed lay for the love of Barbara Allen. I was doing folk songs with Ooh. this drummer that literally could have played with the hardest bands in the world to the medium bands. Like he's, you know, just, you want to talk about punk rock, you want to talk about rock. 
there is no other. He's a plus. He is a plus, and 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 he's playing behind me with Barbara Allen this English folk song. You know? mm-hmm. I did uh, I, I did like uh, a bunch of Steve Earle that night, uh, and he is you know I, I got it all in one recording. I got it in my box computer. You know what I mean? We might just listen to it. we listen to the combi stuff. We ain't talk about combi, but uh, anyway, we so, even talked about that. Little dice game you learned in Mexico. Oh no, we got no time for that. <laughs> um, oh, we do. We got time. We got Save time. the bread. Yeah, we, we got time if we want to. A lot but, of days. Hang on. Let's <laughs> hang on music. Yeah. Well, this is porch talk. Yeah. Um, how do you? I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so we played the one show at the shed house. Yeah. And previously, you see, Bob and Jonathan had been doing a duet, and they were doing things like. Uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, because Jonathan's just that good on electric, and they were doing them to perfection. And now I come in with Barbara Allen, and the guys who own the Shed House, who I later became dear, dear friends with, and still am. Uh, I remember at the end of the show, they were blown away that we'd just done a light folk thing in their bar. Like, yeah, what the heck? Are right. you kidding me? Yeah. Like they went from Led Zeppelin to Barbara Allen in one one show. It's like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, it's a little off. <clears throat> and they're like, we don't know. You know, not like we couldn't come back because we could always come back. You know, uh, and of course I did. Some, you know, it wasn't like I didn't do some Tom Petty and some other stuff. You know, we made it work. We when the crowd there was not a lot of people there that night. When the crowd came in, I did what I had to do to get the bread made. You know, yeah. I made the bread that night. But when nobody was looking, I did the Steve Earl and the Barbara. And uh, Bob was real serious about like who he played with. All this stuff, you know, you didn't just show show up, bring somebody, none of that. Like he ran his band himself, and there there was there was no bucking that. And I understood this. I was working for him, you know, when we started. Later we became something enigmatic. But I remember thinking we need Lauderdale, and so I brought I invited Lauderdale to our next show there, and didn't tell Bob because I didn't want to have I was I was scared, you know, to have to sell it, you know. Yeah. Lodell rose in with his guitar and stuff. Acoustic at that, electric. And Bob's uh-huh. like, who's this guy? I was like, that's that's Lauderdale. He's like, I don't know, man, about people playing. You know? He hadn't heard Lauderdale. I said, it'll be okay. He says, are you sure? He's like, you know, he's like, okay, okay, man, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I could tell, you know. Yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> we broke loose on, could have been the weight. It could have been Dead Flowers. It could have been anything. And Lauderdale laid laid into it like a like a sling blade on the farm. Mm. I told that story earlier. Nobody on the radio land knows about the the Kaiser blade, and we ain't gonna yeah. talk. He laid into it like a Kaiser blade. Uh-huh. So what that goes is, guys, I'm telling you, and uh, this won't be part of it, but there is a actual porch talk that includes some of these side stories but we haven't released that yet and uh i don't know when we will or if we will but i mean that that just rose into like the the story behind kaiser blade right that's right it's like it's part of like you had to be here you had to be here for the kaiser blade i'm sorry guys <laughs> whoever whoever that whoever that goes out to i'm a i'm a nice guy yeah, those, those, those people were harmed in the story of the country. No, there was no maybe some feelings were hurt. It's okay. Yeah, but they needed to be hurt. Maybe, maybe I was a little cowboy. Maybe I was being a little bit of a cowboy. There we go. It comes. <laughs> it's full circle. It, it comes, comes around. Uh, but, so David's playing yes. first song. I'll, I'll let him get through the. I didn't look at Bob. I let him get through the first verse. We got through the. We got around the chorus. We got to the lead. Now you're vocalist. I'm singing. That's right. And uh, I let him get into the middle of the lead, and that's when I looked at Bob. I looked around at him at the drums, like asking him, like with my eyes, like, well, what do you think? Well, yeah, yeah. And he was like jubilant. He was like, shook his head like, yes, like, oh, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. you it's, Yes. It is here. You did it. Yeah. Because we had Lauderdale now. Now we were a trio. And the, the, the guys that own the bar, oh, oh they loved it. <clears throat> and I'd also pick some more selections that were a little. That we didn't. I don't think we might have. We did play Bob Allen a few more times after I got 
into some beer a few times. I did a lot of crazy folk stuff. But you know, with Lauderdale, you can play Barbara Allen and it sounds like Led Zeppelin. I know the type. You know what I mean? I know the type. You can lock. We wrote, I wrote, we ended up writing songs on stage that that ended up, one of which ended up on Fast Moving Something uh, called uh, Kicking and Screaming. Ended up on Fast Moving Something. We wrote that on stage because we ran out of songs one night and we were like, we don't have anything on the list. And I was like, we don't need a list. We're going to play this song. It's a new one. I'm writing it now. And Lauderdale comes in. Let's just play. And we played. That's right. And we went a little loud too. That's Groove Johnson to me. That's Groove Johnson to me. Is like I give a lot of props. You know him, and you could you know him better than I. But I I do give a lot of props to uh, Philip and Matt. Absolutely, Uh, man. We had Lost or Never out here. They recorded several things out here. mm -hmm. Oh, so good, so good. The Dark Water stuff. No, the. I don't even know what they call the Groove Johnson. They, pro- I think they just adopted the name Groove Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's up in a few places, the things they did here, and the, the sound of it and the, the playing of it. I've documented it all, and I have it in my phone, but that's like photos, you know. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, back around. Yeah, yeah, back around. Lauderdale. So we got a lot of down now. So, and, of course, we played that bar. Oh, did we play it? And uh, then I'm like, we need a bass player. <laughs> so uh, this time I got together with Bob and David. And I'm like, okay, let's do a bass player. And uh, we found us one. And little did we know, it was uh, his. we went to this gig at the same bar. And we watched him play. And I just stood back and we listened to him. And everybody's like, okay, yeah, he's good. You know, we'll, we'll take him. So I'd, intended, I'd actually intended on uh, stealing him from his band. Yeah. Just taking him. We're just going to take him. Yeah. And to take him, we had brought some... We In the midst, we went out to Bug Chitta. Uh, and uh, at the jam, the notoriously famous jam house at Bug Chitta. That's Bob's place. Huh. And you don't, you don't get to go there. Nobody gets to go there unless you're invited. And it is, if you ever were to get to go there, it, you know, you're lucky. And that's where David and Bob and I went out and rehearsed, and he recorded our rehearsal. And uh, <clears throat> it was, and I've got that. Also, I have Bob was kind enough to give me a, record, a copy of everything that we he ever recorded of us, and I appreciate that. And I've just got it in my in my box. So we took a, a, a portable CD player with our rehearsal on it to let the bass player listen to, so we could steal him from his band. Little did we know when he walked up. Uh, I said, Look, he just walks right up. And uh, Andy Stewart, Andy, dear friend of mine now, uh, listen to this. I said, and I didn't know him very much at all. I knew him a little bit because he was always trying to get this 76 Gibson I had, but he couldn't get it. And uh, so I, uh, I just, I said, Andy, listen to this. And I put it on his head and he listened to the songs. He's like, oh, that's great, man. You know, let's jam. That's his key. This is catchphrase. Let's jam. And uh, I said, well, you you want to be in the band? He says, well, he says, this was our last gig ever. The band's breaking up. I'm about, you know, Ooh. my band just broke up. How that was perfect. his last song. Well, we need you to practice Tuesday. Okay. And boom. So Andy played, it all with, worked out. Andy played with us a long time. And we did some recordings and we did some, uh, uh, I think we might have even done Red Light with Andy. I don't know. At one point, we did a bunch of recordings with Andy. And then later, as it always happened with New Red Sand, Mississippi New Red Sand, many different players came and went. Where'd that name come from? There's a Jimi Hendrix song that references, I believe, Arkansas New Red Sand. Mm-hmm. In the lyrics. And uh, Bob borrowed that term and called it Mississippi New Red Sand. So it comes from a Hendrix song in, in a roundabout way. And there were many other players. Mm-hmm. David and I always remained with Bob. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh man. This is one of those asides right there I'm going to skip. Uh, That's fine. Um, we had, oh, there's so many epic gigs. Epic gigs. And he could lock a beat. Bob Hendrick can lock a beat. He's a metronome. We called him, me and David, with kind of jokingly around behind his back, said he's the metronome. Yeah. 
And and one beautiful thing about all Bob's recordings is the drums are pristine. He made sure of that. You can hear. Oh, he's just perfect. Perfectly. Not, I mean, not just the playing. I'm talking about the sound of every individual drum. Mm-hmm. And we did a whole lot of covers in that band. Uh, and we, obviously, we were making money. You know, we were making money. And we were playing cool covers. You know, we didn't do any junk. We Like, there were songs that we, we were not doing. And Bob would tell us what those songs were. <laughs> yeah. You know. And uh, David and I grew in, into something different. Uh, because one night, it was Christmas. Many things happened on this farm on Christmas. I told you some asides earlier. Yeah, you gotta. You uh, seem to have a date with have a date, Christmas. The birth of Jesus. Yeah. Although it's probably not the actual day. We'll, it's not. Yeah. Some believe more Easter, but it's neither <laughs> here or there. It's neither nor there. And uh, it's Christmas. And I was alone, sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now. Exactly. And Lauderdale shows up with no call. Because I don't think I had a phone at that time. I, I, I pitched it. I didn't care about it. Lauderdale rolls in here. On Christmas. Hey, man. I was thinking about you on Christmas. I wanted to come see you. He, he would do that. He would he would do that. All the time in our relationship. He would show. He'd show up. And, and I love that about Lauderdale. He lived here at times. In a tent. I set him a campsite up. There's a platform in the woods over there. It's, it's oak, oak, and oak platform right now. And then when he was going to move back here from Colorado, the summer before, I started building him a house to live in. And he came here, and he set a campsite up. I Well, I did. I had all the tents and stuff. We set him up. I put a cot in there. And he lived in that sucker for a long time. Lauderdale did. And uh, that gave us, and we got up, and we wrote stuff. But the night he came on Christmas is what I'm trying to talk about. And uh, at this point... We had never played a single original song that I'd written. And he wasn't necessarily aware that I was writing songs. Because we'd been many months working in a cover band together. And he wasn't even aware. And and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm doing a little writing. Oh, really? Well, let me hear it. I said, sure. So I played him uh, this song. uh, It was right after Katrina. Right after. And I played this song I wrote about Katrina called Gulf Coast Line. Carry Uh me down. New Orleans in the spring, make the levee sound. Strong like a young man's dreams, fire up the lamppost. Make them burn real bright and light up the streets, and it'll be sweet. In New Orleans in the spring, old Mississippi. She's seen her share of her rough times, but Katrina was a bad one. All along the Gulf Coast line, it goes like that. It's on the Jimbo album that nobody's ever heard. Hey, yeah. yeah, and it's one of the things Full on Jimbo. Circle. And I, I, my voice broke in the in the beginning of that song. Like it broke a little bit earlier when I was doing a uh, fast move or something. It broke a little bit, and I didn't care. You know why? Because Jimbo Mathis told me it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. And and I told Jimbo after that take of that because David and I recorded that album straight up. There wasn't no metronome. It was straight up two blasters right now, live. Period. And. uh so I played him Gulf Coast Line. And, uh, oh, man, I love that. You got any more? I was like, sure, I've got more. You want to hear some more? So I played more. I played uh, Double Edge of a Sin, which is a song uh, I wrote about uh, my dear, dear friend, Creed Ray Graham, who we can't we talk about him much tonight. I mean, that's a whole nother show. He passed a long time ago. He taught me how to play guitar. And uh, he was my brother. He was my blood brother, as a matter of fact. Ooh. We were childhood friends all the way. We did. He was my bro. You know, he was my go-to. And uh, he's gone. But he ain't forgotten. And he's actually ain't gone. But, uh, so I replayed this song called Double Edge of a Sin about Creed, Ray Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that's the song that I mentioned earlier that's got my former band director in. Mm-hmm. You know. And, yeah. uh, man, he says, dude, we got to record some of that. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. He's like, well, I'll tell you what he goes. I'm going to get a, a, a Pro Tools. I'll handle this. This is what I'm running on right now. And uh, he did. He got one. And, and and he calls me over to his house, and we recorded Gulf Coast Line, first thing we ever did. And then we went over to the coach house, which I was mentioning off air, but that's an old stagecoach house that's not far from here that's haunted and powerful. And at the time, I had... A, I had it was my artistic space, put it that way. 
and I want to call it my studio, but I said, let's make the studio over there. And all that meant is he came over and set his gear up one day, and we recorded in there. We recorded this song called Dublin, um, which I wrote with Bo Adams. Um, hey, we've got to run to another one now. Awesome, Bo. Bo and I wrote Dublin right here in this room. And we recorded uh, Strong Swimmer, and we recorded uh, Help Miss That Train in Memphis, and we recorded, I think we recorded, might have recorded Red Light, I'm not sure. Four songs. And he says, and I say, like, man, we ought to, you know, we were still in the sand, as we call it. He says, man, we ought to do some duets and go out and play around. What are we going to call ourselves? And together we came and said, we're going to be called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> <clears throat> and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels had a single gig as Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And what we did was Bill... Uh, Bill did us some album art, and we made like we went to Office Max and got some uh, blank disc, and Bill printed out uh, "Dirty Rotten Scoundrels" on them, and uh, and he named the little four song album "Coon Shucked" with an ED. That was hilarious. That was great. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And then <clears throat> and then uh, we took those uh, albums out, like all ten of them. I think I've got one. I mean, I have the music. Don't get me wrong, but I got the hard album thing somewhere. In my, in this old case I got, and we we booked ourselves a gig at, gig at Red Hot and Blues. It's this uh, little restaurant in Jackson. That's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And oh, what a gig it was! Put it this way: we lived up to our name in many ways. As our first duet performance, we went in fully firing and played tons of original music. Because all you had to do with David was he ain't never had to hear the song. Yeah. All I had to do was come in and play the song, and he didn't ever have to hear it, and he would be on it. Yeah, he knew. He, I didn't mention this, but I mean, he had a degree in music. He had a degree in, in guitar mm-hmm. from USM. He was that good. He could play Mozart, if that's what you ask him to play. And, you know, the little chord structures I use, you know, nothing, you know. So we, we tore the gig down. I'm not going to go into it. But I will say this. We agreed the next day that we could never play under the name Dirty Rotten Scoundrels again because we were too likely to try to emulate and to prove out what we'd call ourselves. Mm. And we didn't want to be Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Literally, we didn't want to be dirty, rotten scoundrels, the people. <clears throat> so we decided not to call ourselves dirty, rotten scoundrels because we had, in fact, did a single gig and been dirty, rotten scoundrels. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't hard to know nobody in the bar. And I remember that that night, one of the worst things was that I don't see, I don't drink Budweiser, the main thing with the red label on it. It's something I don't do. And that's all they had for some reason. It was all expensive stuff, and that's all we could get. And uh, I had begrudgingly drank Budweiser that night. I blame it on that. <laughs> but we decided, okay, well, we got to have a new name. And Dave was like, well, you come up with a name. So I thought, naming bands is actually something I do mm-hmm. uh, in my spare time. I have names, uh, you know, I'm good at it. I, I, I say that. But I called the decided to call the we decided to call it all around hounds, all right, with an H. And now later it'll be problematic because everybody will say all around town. No, all around hounds, like all around. There's the all around cowboy. There's an old song about the all mm-hmm. around cowboy. Well, all around hounds. You know, we're just right on. dogs on the porch. And also, we decided that we would be a duet, but that at some shows we would bring in percussionists. To, keyboard players, you name it, whatever we wanted. And that each time that someone played with All Around Hounds, they would become one forever. And ultimately, and we would tell them this, okay, you're not you're not honorary, you're an All Around Hound now. Even though they may never play with us again, they may play with us a hundred times. So anybody that we ever played with became an All Around Hound, including uh, many, many people. And uh, like Adam Box. Uh, you know Box? I don't. Oh, He's he's cool. He's a amazing a yet yet another. We've been blessed with some drummers. Let me tell you what. He's another one of them. Box uh, plays 
with a well-known top uh, chart country rock awesome band uh, who I'm not going to get into start hearing the sound of the names drop. You know, yeah. I, I sometimes ask myself if I'm like just trying to get all, get somebody else's fame or whatever because I got to play with this awesome guy. But he he's he's in a real successful band that yeah. has music on the radio and wins awards and plays on like for instance like one time I, we had a real show we needed to play with all around hounds i'm like box man he booked it we're gonna book it with us because we played a lot with him and he got up with me and he's like uh, man i can't play that show and i'm so sorry i was like well, why the hell not he's like well i got a gig we're playing on vh1 you know maybe it was mtv it was something huge maybe it was the grand right on well, I guess if you got to have an excuse, and it ain't your grandmother's birthday, if you're going to play on VH1 on some live thing, then we'll let you go. We'll excuse We'll that. just let you go. Okay. Yeah. He was an all-around hound. Chris Etheridge. Uh, you know Chris. Yeah, I know uh, that name. Chris, uh, oh, he used to come to the Echo, and he played with us on some occasions. He's He was an all-around hound. Chris uh, is the bass player on, on the road again by Willie mm-hmm. Nelson. He's the one that played on that mm-hmm. track. And Chris and I got to hang out. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to capitalize because there's many people that were way good bros. Chris Chris and I were good bros. And we sat out back at the Echo and had many deep conversations. And he would tell me about Graham and uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers, which he was a member of. Mm. And, uh, and he said many complimentary things about my songwriting and about my style and association with Graham and uh, he was an all around hound and one time he says you know he's like yeah I played with the Doors I was like you kidding me come on they didn't have a bass player he's like yeah well on the album he goes on a couple albums you know they brought me in and uh, I'll be honest with you I came home and googled it (laughs) I'm like what I never considered it bam there he is there it is there he is so all around hounds had a lot, and the list can just go. I'll just keep on going that list. All right, I won't, I won't. So that was the concept, and we ended up having a wonderful concept band out of that. Is that where the like guild foreman in the Shelby County came from? Definitely not. Remember, we'll revisit and loop around to the Mississippi Sound Co-op where I played Red Light with Jimbo Mathis in the green room. Remember yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept of that Sound Co-op is what got my mind working on the guild, and we were called the Association to begin mm. with. And uh, so the Mississippi Sound Co-op got me motivated and inspired to help start the Neshoba County Musicians Association, which later became the Guild. Uh, And by all means, I was not an island there. Like, there were many of us Mm -hmm. that started that thing. It just happens to still be rolling today. Philip is the president. You know, we got a 501 C3, whatever you call it. You know, we, we got a tax ID number. We're a nonprofit. We went through all of those things that you have to go through to get that. Uh, that's a, a side right there. Okay. Yeah, that is not where the guild came from. But okay. the, the guild uh, is when we were doing all that stuff at the VFW, I told you we were doing things right was through the guild. Yeah. And like at that time, we would have uh, some afternoons, we'd have lots of younger people come out in the afternoon, and I would we would teach. You might want to call it teach, whatever. We'd inspire. <clears throat> and I would talk about songwriting, and we would break up into groups and talk about guitars, and, and I would talk about many of the things we talked about, and all those people would be in the guild band, and they would move through it one at a time, mm. which sort of, you know, I guess you can now, you put it that way, All Around Hands was sort of a prototype for something like that. But, but it, we yeah, were, it kind of it kind of fit that. And I don't know if but that now was... the Hounds, uh, you know, we were... I don't know, we're not like we're choosy or nothing, but we, we drew a lot of good talent. Yeah. And then David and I ended up uh, recording uh, the album, <clears throat> Fast Move, not recording the album 13 Outside the Wire over at Timberview Lodge, mm-hmm. over at Timberview. And uh, Mississippi Chris Sharp produced that. And, uh, you know, that's out there. That, it never released, you know. But uh, we did 13 songs called 13 Outside the Wire. And, uh, we also did Fast Moving Something. We did Raised in a Barn, also not released. That was the Raised in a Barn was a Jimbo thing with Justin. And, uh, then of course, Lauderdale and I wrote, co-wrote tons of stuff that's just in my notebooks. In the ether. Yeah, and uh, I have got a whole bunch of uh, 
DVDs of our dear friend Tom Varensky, uh recorded of us live, and he would record on a VCR camera. Right. Oh and, yeah. And he would come back next week and bring you the DVD that he bounced. Yeah. <clears throat> so I always knew when Tom come in that it's the time to play the songs that David and I had never recorded. So the wealth of unknown all around hound songs, our shows are on those <coughs> those discs. Mm-hmm. Like we. <clears throat> I set out to write the perfect cowboy song one time, and I wrote one called Cowboy's Life. And uh, that's on there. Um, Evil Expelled. Another look off the cliff I fell. Another scratch on my wounded face. Another line that I can't trace. That's on there. And uh, and a whole lot more. Um, Lauderdale. Mm. And Lauderdale didn't just play with me. Lauderdale played with me. He would go and play with other people. You know, he was, He's a hired gun. He, no, well, he and I were solid forever yeah. until the end. But uh, he would be. Yes, he would absolutely be a hired gun. He was, in fact, he would go and he could execute it, and he could go and play with anybody, and he would all the time. But he would always play with me. And uh, I've got a video, and the only place it exists ever anywhere is on my phone. And a few weeks before he passed, he came out here and we recorded it. And we did a few songs, including one that's never been released called Frog Level. It's a murder ballad. And it's it's in my phone, and I really need to do something with it, like post it up somewhere in my, in our secret site. I don't know. Yeah. Or something with it. Um, and we also did Fast Moving Something, and we talked a little bit, and it was fun. And that was like the first week of the pandemic or something. He came out here. And we're all, I was like, we're socially distanced, you know. Don't nobody think that we're not. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I've got that. Um, but uh, mm, so much to talk about Lauderdale. I don't even know where to start. I think we've we've got a good place to pin yeah. it all for right. now. Okay. Uh, I just have uh, one question left uh, with Lauderdale. With... All the music that was made, recorded, unreleased, um, and as you spoke about, like the videos and all, uh, do do you think there's a right time for it? All right, why are you holding it? I'm overwhelmed. With a lot of things, and uh, musically speaking, you know, and uh, I'm not holding it. I'm I'm not withhold. I'm not withholding it. Okay. I wanted to be careful with the way I. No, no, I understand what you're saying. It deserves air. And uh, but, but Lauderdale. Now that we're talking about it, he he had a whole project going with Travis Allard uh, on his own. Uh, with with albums worth of music of spiritual stuff was the last thing he did professionally. Now Allard has Allard has all this, and he has got an upcoming release of all of that Lauderdale stuff that was uh, that was a spiritual album that Lauderdale was doing and had and did mm-hmm. you know, he did it and it's done and uh, so that is that is yet to come out. Yeah. Uh, and by come out, it's like what does that mean? What does bring it out mean? Because that means posted on the internet, you know, that's exactly nobody, what it to, means. nobody to look at or everybody to look at. I know, I know that, but uh, but I think you said it right both ways is for no one to ever see and for everyone to see, right? And it sounds opposite, but that's exactly what it is. But the point would be it lives eternally, it'll be. On the, the wall. On the wall. On the fridge. So to speak. Yeah. And if anyone was to happen to search and was looking for it, because that's what we're looking for here, right? Right. Is this was the journey to Philadelphia. This was uh, learning about who Daniel Sharp was, and this is a story we've been telling for over four hours. Uh, it's right? been that long. We yeah. did say we're going to the fourth Which hour. is, yeah. And I was like, we might go into a fifth. I don't know, but I don't care. I mean, this is what I made this day like for. Yeah, we are winding down. But that's the point is I don't want that stuff to just 
sit on a bookshelf or, or in a crate or lost or never. Yeah. I don't either. I don't intend for that to happen. I have every intention of doing something, placing it in the correct spot. It will be placed. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to, I'm plugging nothing. But if you accidentally cruise around YouTube and search a bunch of the stuff I talked about, you might accidentally find some secret stuff I put up on there that I ain't told nobody about. There you go. I'm not plugging any of that. If you care enough about it, to even care about all around hounds, you might type that into YouTube one day and just see what happens. And I'm not telling you to. There you go. You know, it could be there. Right now, there could be stuff that you didn't hear. And uh, and you you've been so good. You, <laughs> you shared four songs. We've done four hours, and uh, I want to put the pin down right now, and I want to get back to just hanging and just enjoying Mississippi with you. Uh, so um, let's wait around, and uh, we'll get back together again when the time's right, right? When the time is right, I will tell the, the, the underside of all of those stories. There you go. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for the time, and thank you for your hospitality. My pleasure. Thank you, Alan, for having me on Porch Talk. Um, I'm glad we did it. Um, and thank you all. Anybody, <clears throat> if anybody out there actually listens to this entire interview, thank I'll, you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to break it down into sections. Okay. I think right. it's well, going to be four parts. Oh, okay. <laughs> anybody listens to all four parts there of this go. interview, congratulations. Because you have achieved something that maybe others could not achieve just listening to me banter. There and, you go. Hey, you want some more? Well, I'm just getting started. I ain't got. I've I've only begun to fight. I'm telling you, there there has been way more uh, what we call on the porch than was on the mic. And, <laughs> and uh, until that time is ripe, that time is not ripe. And we're out of here. Bang bang bang. When you visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.